Welcome to the MSEC Podcast, the official podcast of the Military Child Education Coalition. My name is Susan Sellers, and I will be your host for today. Joining me is Corey Weathers, who is a military spouse, clinician, and advocate. Corey, thanks so much for coming on to chat with me today. Thank you so much for having me. I listen to this podcast. I'm a mom of teens myself and have benefited so much from not only the resources that MSEC puts out, but also the interviews have been fantastic. So thank you for what you do and thank you for having me on. Well, it is truly our pleasure. You and I had been talking about doing this podcast actually for a little bit of time and we're exploring different topics. One that kind of came out of our discussions, how to evaluate everything after a tough year, you know, what everybody's been going through. And certainly the military community has some additional layers on top of COVID. Maybe there's some families out there that PCS'd. Maybe they had a deployment that they had to endure. Let's be honest. I think parents are exhausted. And even the most seasoned parent are feeling exhausted. I'm wondering, are you seeing where this exhaustion and these stressors, are they starting to trickle down to our kids? Yeah, such a great question. And I think the answer is absolutely. And I think if anybody's listening to this right now, who's especially an active duty family who's had to relocate in the last, I would say in the last three years, is really feeling that as well. And I hope that those of you hearing that are feeling maybe validated by even that question. (laughs) Our family also moved in the middle of the pandemic and was definitely stressful as a clinician. I saw just a massive upswing just in sessions, especially when COVID hit with just obviously everyone trying to cope and everyone trying to figure out how to do life, right? Because so much had changed and and we don't have to like go through and hash out how it changed because we're all living it every day. But it just has been so much of stress upon an already stressful lifestyle. I think that we're seeing a lot of our military families in particular really start to have manifestations or symptoms, if you will, of that stress. I said once to someone, we were already at a threshold as military families where we kind of have this threshold of pain, if you will, this kind of, um, so many spouses that I've talked to recently have said, when I've asked, how are you doing? I get either two answers. One, either I'm overwhelmed and I'm stressed because big things are happening, the world is on fire, or or I'm going through a PCS, or I'm going through a deployment, like I'm actively in that stress. Or when those big things maybe aren't happening and things have settled down a little bit, I get, I'm doing fine. But then when I press in a little bit and say, are we really doing fine? Then what I get is this interesting answer of, you know, maybe I just have such a high threshold for stress that when things aren't burning and things aren't like massive things changing, then maybe I'm equating that as okay, when really we're still living at a high tempo and a high level of stress and just saying, as long as I can have some ability to control things, I'm feeling better. So I think number one, to answer your question, it's about pausing and saying, you know, actually we do live in a lot of stress and there's been a lot of additional stress that I would call compounded stress on top of what we already have in our lifestyle. And that absolutely trickles down to our kids, whether it's how we're coping with it or what they see us going through or, and I know as we're going to get into 
our kids have gone through so much of their own stress in the last year. It's a whole lot of stress that we as parents couldn't even really protect them from. I think not only do we have that trickling down from us as parents, but also them dealing with their own level of compounded stress on top of that. For a lot of military families, the phrase, oh, military kids are resilient or military families are resilient. And we are. We have the ability to endure the season that we're living, but that doesn't mean that there aren't impacts from it. We recently had a webinar with MSEC on persistent and challenging behaviors. Parents shared that one of the behaviors they were really struggling with in terms of how to respond to it with their teens was apathy. They just don't care about anything. Nothing is getting them motivated. They're just, quote unquote, living on accident. So are you seeing this as well? I'd love to answer that in two different ways. It's like two different baskets, if we can think of it in that way, because I think it'd be really easy to just give an, a blanket answer to that when I think kids and families and, and our family circumstances are so complex and so unique, right? So there's two different baskets of how we can think about this. Number one, I would say that our kids are definitely struggling more, um, just like we as parents are struggling more than we did in the past. There was a, an article that I recently saw that came out that talked about how pre-COVID, 10 to 20% of military kids, that would be ages 14 to 21, so 10 to 20% of military teens were already showing significant signs of depression and anxiety. In fact, anxiety was at 32%. That was pre-COVID. And now that COVID has been lingering on what feels like forever, they're seeing that parents are now saying an additional 14% decline in their kids' mental health. And so in one of these baskets, I think as we talk about military kids and apathy and, and as we look at our kids and go like, oh, wow, I, I can't get you outside and they're not riding bikes as much as they used to and they're not engaging in friends as much as they used to and they just don't seem to care about a whole lot of things. I do think it's important for us as parents to kind of evaluate that or um, have those conversations and just kind of see like, is this something that we're struggling with, with mood? Is there depression going on? Is it situational, meaning I'm just having a really rough week at school or this kid said something to me and I'm really struggling with that and it's situational? Or is this something that's kind of just this lingering apathy that we're really in a tough spot mood-wise and we're seeing that mental health decline because of what they've gone through, masks, no mask, school, no school, all of these stressors have really started to impact them in a significant way, that's like basket A, right? But I think that it's worth us also remembering and talking about that there's a B basket. And that B basket is Gen Z, which is what a lot of our teens are. Generation Z is a different generation that responds to the world in a different way than what our generation did, whether you're a millennial or whether you're Generation X like I am, or even older than that. Our Generation Z, what we're seeing from Gen Z is they can come across as apathetic, but it's also in response to COVID in their world. They call Gen Z the mass shooting generation, meaning mass shootings and school shootings was one of the big mile markers, just like 9-11 um, was a huge mile marker for millennials and Gen Xs. It just changed our whole world. And, and those of us that are in the military, so many of us even signed up for the military in response to 
And so they're saying that their biggest marker and developmental marker in their life that distinguishes them as Gen Z kids is school shootings and um, and COVID. And those are very like outside of the home. Like it's not like it's another country that's a threat to our safety and security. This is outside my house. This is in my school. This is affecting lunchtime conversations. And I don't mean that to necessarily scare anyone, but more of it, like just kind of that mindset of Gen Z is starting to come out as this kind of apathetic generation that's going, wow, anything could happen. And so um, I'm not going to worry about quite as much as people say I should worry about. It's either going to happen or it's going to not. It's not going to happen. You see them having these surreal jokes about their World War III is going to happen or the world's going to come to an end. And they mean that with this dark humor of anything can happen at any time. And so I can be excited about something, but it also may not happen. And that makes sense, right? Like if you're going into your senior year and then COVID completely shuts everything down, you can see this pattern of hoping skill of, I'll be excited when I actually see it, when it's actually happening. But going back to a basket, if you find that we're never getting excited about something and really struggling to see peaks in mood, then that's worth a different kind of discussion. Well, I really like that analogy, Corey, you know, an A basket and a B basket. Would you mind breaking down basket A in just a little bit more detail for our listeners? Yeah. And I know that that is the one that concerns us the most, right? Because it's where we as parents decide, like, how do we parent? How do we assist? How do we get involved with our kids? When do we leave them alone? Especially these teenagers, right? When do we leave them alone versus when do we get involved? When do we call in outside support? And that's the hardest part of being a parent um, is, is navigating that. And it's so it's just difficult waters to go through. I, coming from a, a mom of teenagers uh, myself, and I've got two different kids. I've got one that is carries a little bit more of that anxiety. He's a type A who really uses that anxiety in productive ways. And I've got one that's really more socially struggling just a little bit more. And that really manifests in some, what I would call kind of darker concerns. And so I know that that A basket is something that all of us want to have a little bit clearer of an understanding on. And so I think what I would say is, at least in my mind, think often about, I mean, even in my own parenting, I try to think on like the dimensions of wellness uh, for any of us, right? And this is probably a good kind of checkup for all of us to think about, like, how am I actually doing in these dimensions of wellness? And I try to apply this to the kids as well, right? So you have your physical health, you have your spiritual health, you have your emotional, your mental health, social health, and all of these are developmental too, right? And so when you think about dimensions of wellness, you think about like well-rounded. And if there's anyone out there that ever, let's say, bakes cakes or bakes um, bread, I love to bake bread. And one of the things I love about baking bread is that it's kind of like this science experiment every time because if one variable is off, the bread's going to collapse and it might be edible, but it doesn't look great, <laughs> right? And so there's all these variables at play all the time in these dimensions of wellness too. When we're looking at that A basket, it's being able to think through, okay, I have my child, they seem apathetic or maybe they feel um, they seem down and they're not engaged. Let me think about these dimensions of wellness and how that apathy is affecting each of those dimensions, right? So if we have, let's say, uh, we're gonna use a teenager, cause this can happen in middle school and elementary school as well, but we'll just use a teenager for this example. 
let's say they're being they're apathetic and it's manifesting physically meaning they're not active they're not in, going after physical goals maybe whether you have a sports kit or not right but like they just really aren't moving a whole lot or maybe their sleep is interrupted and they're not sleeping well we forget that sometimes it's a huge component so that's one variable right but if that apathy is also affecting their emotions you're not seeing um, peaks of joy or peaks of excitement or peaks of happiness and it's been a long time since you've seen your child smile it's a long time since you've seen them have fun with friends that gets into that social dimension but you're not seeing these peaks of emotions kind of mood shifts if you will and then you've got that social dimension you know they're not engaging with friends and, and i know that this is a whole other conversation that i know you guys have explored on the podcast but Gen Z is huge into gaming. And so we kind of have to, as parents, stretch our minds a little bit. When you're looking at that social dimension, you're looking at like, if they're only engaging in gaming, that's not like terrible. It could be worse if they're just sitting in their room and not engaging with anyone at all, right? That's a little bit more to the extreme, a little bit more concerning. If they're engaging over their games um, or virtually, at least we're getting some social connection during COVID. That was for a lot of us, the only connection a lot of our military kids had, especially if they had just moved. But if we're able to stretch a little bit more outside of that and we're engaged at school, socially, we're having conversations at the lunch table, we're at least able to have, carry on those conversations um, at school, then that's kind of getting that good check and that social dimension. But if we're seeing that that apathy is really affecting socially too, hopefully you're catching on to what I'm saying, like all the dimensions are being affected in some very strong ways with that apathy. That's where I would start to be a little bit more concerned about that A basket. But if we have just kind of general apathy about like, I don't know what I want to do for my career. Um, I don't know what I'm excited about yet. I'm struggling with trying to find a new hobby. Those are kind of some of those more Gen Z kind of angst struggles just because they're not engaged with the world the same way Gen X's were when we were playing outside till it was dark and, you know, going out to the mall, which malls barely exist anymore, right? And so I think as you kind of are talking with your kids, having conversations, hopefully at the dinner table, those dimensions are those ones that you want to kind of check in. And if I can be super transparent, that was one that I used even with my teenager who was really struggling integrating into his new school. And I took out a dry erase board and I kind of drew out these dimensions and I used that to express my concern. Okay, we're looking at all these dimensions here and I'm seeing how you're struggling in each one of those. I think it's time for us to maybe reach out to a clinician just to kind of have somebody journey with you and talk with you and help you kind of find the courage, find the conversations or those opportunities to enjoy some things in your life a little bit more. Um, and maybe we just call in a little bit of support to help you out. And so those are the kind of the ways that you can evaluate that A basket and really kind of do a good checkup on, on your kids and seeing if all those dimensions are being affected. It's kind of like that bread. If we're missing out or if there's problems in all of those variables, it may not even be edible, right? So that's where we really want to um, do a good checkup. Boy, I really appreciate you giving us a little bit more insight on basket A and for parents to start utilizing those dimensions. What a great idea. That way they assess their kids, try to look to see, all right, am I dealing with a generational matter or is it something that perhaps is a little bit more concerning? And talking about, though, resources for our teens, what are you finding out there in terms of mental health resources? 
Well, we do have the general mental health support through the military, through the DOD, that I do believe can be helpful. So we do have some resources, and we're going to probably cover those here in a few minutes. But as we're talking about resources that are specifically out there to help with the mental health side with teens, I would definitely say that we are really struggling in that area. I do believe that that is going to change, though. I would say in the last six months, all of the research, especially for military families, that's really coming out right now, the mental health of our teens is one of the highlighted issues. And I'm super excited that people are talking about it, that they're saying it, that parents are beginning to share it with their PCM doctors, with those that are asking in these surveys, because it's really important that we are honest with what's going on in our families. And that doesn't mean that you're not doing well as a parent. I mean, going back to our lifestyle of stress and the external stressors that have compounded on top of what we've already gone through, it's less of a reflection of your parenting and more of just kind of us being able to honestly say there's only so much that we can go through, like our psyches can go through before we see some of it start to manifest um, in our daily life. And so I just want to maybe just encourage somebody listening right now that if you're struggling with this, that it's, I know there's a stigma associated with if your kid is struggling and it's hard to talk about, but a lot of our kids are struggling. And thankfully we're seeing that coming out in articles. Army Wellness came out with some great research that said 51% of military parents are saying they're seeing some issues with their teens. NMFA just came out with some survey results that said that you know our teens are struggling. So at least we're starting to have the conversation. And the great news is, is that once we start having the conversation, then resources are created and innovated. And so I see that we're going to have resources um, really start to pop up here soon. I love the fact that MSEC does great parent-to-parent -parent support. I think that's necessary. The way that MSEC gets involved with the schools, it is a village mindset, right? When we're talking about resources for our kids, it's about how do we get the school involved? How do I help the school counselors and the principal and the teachers really understanding what my child is going through? And it's not that mine you know, needs to be the most unique one in the school, but that I might need that extra support if they're also trying to assimilate into a new school and in, into new activities and, and all of that. And so when it comes to mental health, I will say that more and more clinicians are starting to be willing to see adolescents, but it, it may not be highlighted out there like here's this guru that works with military teens specifically. But going through TRICARE, going through Military One Source, a lot of Military One Source and TRICARE clinicians are the same. I know for a long time I was a TRICARE and a Military One Source provider, so they typically are the same providers, just kind of going through those two different platforms. There's wonderful MFLACs that are embedded into even our public schools if you're close to a local installation. So there is support. It's just about knowing where to find that support. But when it comes down to things like curriculum, that's where we start to really struggle with finding um, programming and curriculum that's specifically supported to military teens. So it is a concern, but I just wanna encourage you guys out there that it is coming. And if you're one of those that's like me, that's getting ready to graduate kids, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna miss the boat on that, I would definitely suggest that you reach out to the resources that we currently have to support you, to give you the tools that you need in order to parent them through that while we're creating the resources that might be available for kids down the line. For our parents that want some practical resources that they can incorporate themselves, what would you suggest? 
Well, first of all, and I'm not trying to use this as a plug, I have a five minute check-in that's really brief, that is really helpful, um, that I might be able to walk you guys through here in just a minute. Super simple, but some of our typical books on boundary setting, this tends to be overused, but a lot of military families liked the five love languages when it came out. And there's also five love languages for teens. There's a book out there where you kind of understand how does your child best understand love and attention. That's really helpful. I personally love um, Gallup Strength Finder assessment. I do the assessment with all of my couples and individuals, but I also do it with teenagers. And the assessment, all it does is it looks at what your talents are. So when we say talent, I don't mean like how well you play the guitar kind of talent. Gallup would say that that's a skill. Anybody can pick up the guitar, take lessons, and learn the skill of guitar playing. What they would call a talent is what's the drive and the motivation, coming back to your question about apathy, right? What's the drive and the motivation that makes somebody want to go to the guitar and actually practice it every day? Or what is that inner drive that makes one kid want to clean up their room every morning and what is the inner drive that actually believe it or not makes another kid not want to clean up their room right and so gallup is looking at what your strengths are and what your talents are and i find that it is so helpful so helpful to be able to see what your kids strengths are not only is it encouraging to them and it kind of wakes them up to wow i'm actually good at something i thought that i wasn't Everybody is good at something. I use superheroes all the time, especially with the kids. We all have superpowers. Sometimes ours might seem a little bit more subtle to someone else, but whether you have a talent for organization or whether you have a talent in building relationships. In fact, I was working with a teenager yesterday and that's exactly what we were using the strength finder to do for him was like, what am I good at? And how does this translate into the world? And he was struggling with that apathy. And it turned out his talents were in empathy and he's an artist and so he's got the talent for communication. He just happens to communicate through art and tattooing of all things. So as the more we talked about it, he shared sitting down with someone who was having a panic attack and how he just had the ability to sit with them and, and just talk with them until they calmed down and helping him see that that was the strength of empathy and that is that not everybody has that talent and that patience. It really woke him up to not only, wow, I'm, I'm actually good with people. That's something I can use out in the world. And just because I communicate through art and tattooing, we can expand that to photography and graphic design and stretch our mind just a little bit on other things that we can communicate through. And so I love the Gallup Strength Finder for waking ourselves up, waking up our kids. And it also helps with your parenting to be able to go, oh, that's why you hate cleaning a room because you don't necessarily have the strengths of organization. You're more of the relational kid, right? We still got a parent on how to like clean a room, but I can relax a little bit knowing that this is just going to be a little bit more of a struggle compared to my other kid who is that type A. So I love the Gallup Strength Finder. But like I said, the five-minute check-in is really helpful conversationally and it is just four questions and I'll be happy to give you a link where you can download this five minute check-in, maybe print it off and put it on your fridge. It does wonders in your marriage, but it also is wonderful to use with your kids regardless of age because it's only four questions and it goes like this. Number one, 
what are you physically feeling in your body? So I have growing pains in my legs. I didn't sleep well last night. I feel groggy. I'm just more tired than I am usually, or I have lots of energy and I don't know where to put it. That's physically how I'm feeling. Number two, what thoughts are going through your mind? And that can be, what am I thinking about today? What have I been thinking about this week or just kind of lately what's been on my mind? So number one, what am I physically going through? Number two, what's on my mind? Number three, what are my feelings? What are my emotions? And this is where some kids need a little bit more help than that. The feelingswheel.com is fantastic. Another thing to print off and put on your fridge. But just picking out like three feelings that are separate from our thoughts. We tend to kind of combine those two categories. And this five-minute check-in helps to pull those apart. What it's on my mind, but that's different from what I'm feeling. Girls will typically kind of blend those together and more so share emotions. Boys will tend to kind of stick with their thoughts and struggle with the emotions. So pulling them apart is super helpful. And then number four, the last question is what do I need? And this is like the super fun part in working with kids because their frontal cortex is not developed yet. And so they can't think into the future. They can't think past that difficult test that's coming up that's really bothering them. They can't see past getting that grade and realizing it's all okay. I did great, it's over, and now I can move on to the next thing. That frontal cortex doesn't develop until 26. And so when you ask a kid, you know, what do you need for me? How can I assist you? Or what do you need just for you? Do you need alone time? Do you need time to rest? Or do you need a family night? Giving them the space to talk through what I actually need, it actually is really fun to watch because their frontal cortex is actually developing right in front of you while they're trying to answer that question. And it teaches them how to communicate what they need in taking care of themselves, but also where they can get support on the outside from you or someone else. So I'll um, be sure to give you the link for that just so that you can have it whenever you need to. It's great for dinner time conversations or when your kid is just struggling their words and you don't know what to ask, pulling that out and saying, let's just walk through these four questions makes a huge difference. What do you need? What a simple sentence, but yet it could be turned into a powerful tool. And I love the idea of these four questions and making them visually accessible for everyone. You know, put them on the refrigerator. Teens are constantly there getting something to eat. So we will definitely include that link in our show's notes. Corey, as we're wrapping up today, any last bits of advice for our military parents? First, going back to our resources, just as a reminder, if you have TRICARE, as a beneficiary, you do not need a referral to go get mental health care, okay? Super easy to find a local clinician that takes TRICARE and set your appointment, and then that provider will do all the back-end stuff for TRICARE. So it's not as complicated or as scary as it sounds. And I know for us, we found a local male counselor um, that works with teenagers. And so my son has just, his mood has boosted and he's got an advocate outside of his parents. And I think that that's made a huge difference. And I share that in a transparent way, just to give you the courage that if a counselor's kid needs counseling, like it's okay. And you know what? I plan to go get a counselor too, so that I can parent better, so that I can learn additional skills. So we've got to break that stigma, go get help if you need it. There's um, Military One Source gives you the limited number of counseling. And then you've also got some of your MFLAX out there that are embedded in the school systems, reaching out to your installation, finding that MFLAC that might be connected to your school is a great resource for your kid. 
as a clinician that doesn't take notes or diagnose or anything, and they actually come to the schools and check on your kids. So great resources there. But I think to wrap up, I just want to encourage everyone out there. We use that word resilient a lot. And yes, kids are resilient. And I can say that as my son is about to graduate, we spent so many years worrying how he was doing, whether or not he had all the social skills he needed, whether or not this lifestyle had just completely wrecked him or not, you know, just all of this stress as parents. And we're watching him um, really come into his own and build his own confidence and starting to look back on his life and go, wow. I am who I am today because of what I've overcome. And so I just want to encourage you that if you're in that space or maybe your kid hasn't found that just yet, that it is coming. It is true that a lot of our military kids go on to do very well once that frontal cortex is really developed. So I just want to encourage you. But I would also say I, instead of resilient, I love Angela Duckworth's grit. Grit is a much better definition for our military families. And what she found is that grit is not based off of talent. It's not based off of how smart you are. It is actually the ability to dig deep, decide what your long-term goal is, and then endure through whatever you have to endure through to reach that long-term goal. And if I can say anything about our military families and about our military kids is that we are a gritty group of people because we have, whether it's the end of that PCS or the end of that next assignment, we all have that long-term goal of just getting to the next thing, and we find ways to dig deep, surround ourselves with support, reach out to your village in order to do well in this lifestyle. We know how to do that. And if you're brand new to this lifestyle and you don't know how to do that, reach out to a mentor or someone who's been in for a while, and we will gladly walk you through it. it doesn't mean that we're not struggling ourselves, but there is that village mindset. And so just remember that we are a gritty group of people and that your kids are too. And that sometimes it's just about helping them see that long-term goal that's in front of them, just getting through the season, through that test, through the end of this year, whatever that looks like, and then walking with them through the journey and helping them endure along the way. I promise you it'll all pay off in the end. So thank you so much for having me on. It's been an honor. Well, we really appreciate you coming on and grateful that you have stressed those resources that are available out there. And one of the great things that I love about being in the military is that village concept, reaching out to whether it's a neighbor or someone else that's in the military community, because when we do this, when we're transparent, we're actually helping to reduce that stigma and then having you on to bring awareness to challenges that our teens may be experiencing or we may be experiencing. That's another great way to reduce that stigma so that we can all move forward and find a healthier and happier 2022. You've been listening to the MSEC podcast, the official podcast of the Military Child Education Coalition. Until next time, live great stories.